0: Here's what's coming up on this week's show. There will be a quiz at the end. So Stop I it, no. You do have to name five slave songs. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, That's I singing.
0: failed. <laughs> the Beat. Welcome to The Big Little
2: Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Now, before we go any further, if you haven't heard us before, we're the podcast to help small businesses grow by inviting a whole bunch of experts on the show who know a thing or two about helping small businesses grow. Now, whether you've listened to us before or whether you haven't, make sure you hit follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. And... If you could leave us a review too, that would be really cool because that helps to big us up in podcast land.
1: So this week we are going to be talking about how to make money without working.
2: Oh, now that would be beautiful, wouldn't it? Mm. You see all these big entrepreneurs... Like I mean, here's Branson for a good example. I mean, I know Branson is very, very well-driven, but he's got an island, uh, he goes away, he spends time on... He he does a lot of relaxing, Mm. but he's still earning money. Now, I know he's got a lot of people that he employs that does that for him, but there are also lots of single entrepreneurs and small businesses who kind of do a similar thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then you see lots of other businesses working like 9, 10 hours a day and they're still not getting any further.
1: Yeah, it's something that comes up from, you know so often where people are saying I'd be nice to just earn money when I'm asleep or you know the world has been I think much a made much a smaller place now Um, especially in the last um, 20 or so months where we are speaking to people around the globe and we're speaking to people around the world and the opportunities are really there but to actually know how to do that and it must just be an incredible experience
2: Yeah that's the goal isn't it to be able to earn money in your sleep because you don't want to be working Mm. 8-10 hours a day for the rest of your life.
1: And what quality of life do you have to actually enjoy it?
2: Yeah, exactly. I want to go on holiday, Claire.
1: Yeah, I want to go on holiday.
2: (laughs) Let's welcome back John Lamerton, who was on the show... Oh, crikey. must have been about a year ago now, Claire, wasn't
1: it? You know what? It was. It was almost a year ago. It feels like yesterday, but I'm so excited to have John back on the show.
2: John is the king of automation. And he's just written a new book uh, all about creating what he calls evergreen assets so we're going to find out what they are how you create them and how they can help you to make money without working this is the big little business show Here we go john we often hear of small business owners running themselves ragged or like working long hours and just not getting very far but john you and i both know the three of us know in fact that it doesn't have to be like that does it
0: oh absolutely not no we can
2: we can uh, reap the rewards of our hard work um later on down the line i think uh yes and i know when you have you were on the podcast last time we were talking about having a plan in place and using that plan on a daily basis but uh what we're going to talk about today is actually the subject of your new book new and shiny book let's start off by explaining what an evergreen asset is and actually I love the example, being a, a bit of a, a music trivia fan, I love the example you used at the start of your book. And I just wondered if you wouldn't mind ruining everyone's enjoyment of that chapter <laughs> by, by sharing what you said. Absolutely, yeah. So the, the opening chapter,
0: I used the example of Noddy Holder. He started off in a band called The In-Betweens, and he wrote this song back in like the flower power era of the 60s uh, called, I think it was called Buy Me a Rocking Chair. Or something like that. That's a proper rock and roll title of a song, right there, isn't it? Oh, isn't it just? <laughs> I mean, bearing in mind, actually, Noddy would have been what? I don't know, 20 at the oh, time. Yeah. He's writing a song about rocking chairs. Anyway, he wrote this song, discarded it, went into uh, Slade, uh, had a couple of number ones, reached the peak of their fame in around 1973. In the summer of that year, their manager
2: approached them and said, Guys, I think we should do a Christmas song. Sorry, can I just pause a second? Sorry, John. Claire, mm-hmm. we need to establish whether A, you know... Anything that John's talking about here, you know who Noddy Holder is, Slade, ever heard of them?
1: I've heard of Slade. Oh, right, yes. good, okay,
2: all right, good. Just wanted to clear that up, because I know jo- Claire's a little bit younger than me. I'm and concentrating, and
1: doesn't, okay.
2: Doesn't know the way, of the, the way of the Noddy. I don't. There will there will be a quiz at the end, Claire. I Stop it, no. This. You do have to name five Slade songs.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I
0: failed. <sing> <laughs> so, yeah, summer of 73, their manager says, guys, we're going to do a Christmas Christmas song. So the band went out, they got drunk one night which is always where the best business plans come from. And Noddy went back to his mum's house in Warsaw that night, and he picked off Buy Me a Rocking Chair. He found this old song. So Buy Me a Rocking Chair to Watch the World Go By became So Here It Is, Merry Christmas, Everybody's Having Fun, and Buy Me a Looking Glass, I'll Look You in the Eye, was tweaked to become, look to the future now, it's only just begun. Now that song obviously went to number one that year. They sold half a million copies of that record. But of course, the story doesn't end there because we're talking about it now 48 years later. Merry Christmas, everybody, still goes into the top 40 every single December. And that one night's work where Noddy Holder basically got drunk Went to his mum's house, found an old song he'd already written. Noddy Holder now earns half a million pounds a year from that one night's work.
2: Yeah, and royalties, wow. yeah, yeah. I know that one yeah. too. <laughs> That could have been the only song he'd ever written and and actually he he made his entire uh he he could live quite happily off that one song for the rest of his life. Absolutely. That's amazing.
1: That was a long time long time ago, and still to be in the top forty now is really impressive.
2: It is. And you think about it, it's a song that most
0: people wouldn't want to listen to for ninety percent of the year.
1: True. So um why do you think creating evergreen content is so powerful then for business owners?
0: I think it is the do it once, reap the rewards again and again nature of that. So, again, Noddy Holder did a, essentially one night's work. He rewrote the song and he's reaped the rewards of that again and again. So many business owners are working harder than they need to be mm. because they're doing the work once and reaping the rewards once. Evergreen assets enable you to do the work once and reap the rewards multiple times. They have a residual benefit. It's, you know, you heat a, a frying pan and it will have residual heat there. I think so many business owners, they do they focus so hard on creating their next social media post. 3 weeks later, no one's no one's seeing that post. There was no residual benefit to that social media post.
2: Yeah, and I say this a lot with, um, with, with video creation as well. People think they have to constantly recreate content for social media. But no, hopefully, if your social media platform is growing, and you're getting new followers. There's a whole bunch of followers who didn't see what you did six months ago. And if it's still a- appropriate and it hasn't, it's timeless content, then why not use it again? Absolutely, absolutely. If you've if you've seen any of my social media content, most of it is repeats. I'm like Morecambe and Wise. Every year just dust it off send out again. <laughs> when you see this a lot in small businesses, especially small businesses starting out, they just kind of decide that they're going to uh, do all this stuff and then like 10 hours a day they're working and oh, I still haven't done this, I still haven't done that. And I'm guilty of it and I guess you are, Claire, too, although we're probably a little bit wise to it now. But I mean, we were just talking about this before we hit record, yeah. uh, Claire and I, about this daily list list of tasks we do and I know this is something you uh, do quite religiously because we spoke about this on our last episode, John. So mm. the night before, I write down a list of what I'm I'm going to do the following day, all my day's jobs, and then I cross them off as I, as I go. But I notice every day, sometimes there are things that I have to write down every day because I have to do them every day. So if we're trying to establish what evergreen assets we can streamline, if you like, so they become easier to do or we don't have to do them every day, would that be a good place to start or would you suggest starting somewhere else? I, I think the best place to start is where you are
0: going to get the greatest return on the investment from your asset creation. So in the book, I'll kind of talk through the six asset classes. And if you think about this as an ecosystem, this is um, the way your business works. So pretty much every business will generate leads. So you get leads into your system. You then nurture those leads. You convert those leads into a sale. You fulfill the customer's needs. You then do some... Admin work, make sure everything works like clockwork, and then hopefully you've done such a good job that you've got viral assets that turn one customer into more than one. They they come back and they bring their friends again. So, as people will be listening to this and thinking about their own businesses, look at which of those six asset classes is currently your weakest. You know, if you've got no leads coming into your business. There's absolutely no point working on sales conversion tactics or trying to get, um, you know, word of mouth referrals coming in because you haven't got enough leads. Get some leads coming in. If you've got leads but no one will take your phone calls, then you need to look at your nurture assets. You need to actually make friends with those leads. If people are taking your call but they're not buying, then we need to look at sales assets. If people are happily buying what you've got to sell but then they're actually asking for a refund three weeks later because it wasn't uh, doing what it wants to be, then we need to look at fulfillment assets. And if people are buying and everyone's happy, but you are running around like a headless chicken, we need to look at admin assets. We need to make sure everything tidies up. But if everything's working nicely, but you are bringing in a customer and then that customer doesn't generate further custom then we need to look at um, viral assets. We need to look at bringing, uh, getting customers to bring more customers into the system. So yeah, it's identifying which of those six asset classes
2: will give you the greatest benefit. I guess then you look at how you can streamline that and make that more automated and something something you don't have to keep doing every single day. Absolutely. It's turning it into something that is evergreen. It's looking
0: at, You know, again, let's identify sales. So it's looking at your sales process and saying, right, what can I put into the process that is permanent? You know, that I can actually change something on our website. I can change something in our email follow up sequence. I change this thing once and I get the residual benefit every time a customer flows through that process. If you think of your business as a machine and customers flow through that machine, where are they getting stuck where are you going to get the greatest return on investment by just replacing a few bits with titanium steel adding a little bit of wd-40 or a bit of duct tape no nothing wrong with a bit of duct tape every now and then <laughs>
1: <laughs> i guess this comes down to really creating good habits as well doesn't it you know when you start to do something and it and it makes a difference it could be something quite small but actually makes a huge difference to the 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 outcomes of your business as well.
0: Absolutely. And that's why, I I mean, you know, I'm a bit, a big, big fan of routines. Are you? (laughs) Oh, just just a little bit. Yeah. We haven't even talked about biscuits yet. So I'm not going to go. Oh, don't worry. We're coming Um, there.
1: Hold that thought.
0: (laughs) But yeah, yeah, you've got to see that. That's that's where I want to, you know, make sure people get the return on investment first, because when you see the impact of one little change, it inspires you to make another change and another change. And if you can make, Small changes that have permanent impact, then all of a sudden you get the bug and you really want to go for it and go for it again and again.
1: So with, without um, clients, you know, you, ultimately you don't have a business. So um, generating new leads is so often a question that we're asked. You know, how, how can I do that? You know, where's the best place to go? So in your opinion, where would be the best place to generate new leads from? Is there? I don't know if the straightforward answer to that question. And if there is, I mean, could you? automate that in itself? I mean, how would you? what would you suggest to somebody who is looking to generate new leads?
0: One of the things I've done in the book is I've, I've created uh, an asset to rule them all. So for each of the asset classes, I've identified one asset that is better than all the rest. And what I've tried to do is make it so that it applies to every single business, regardless of whether you're a physical product, you're an e-commerce provider, you're a service provider, you're, you know, you're business to business, business to consumer, whichever you are. So for leads, my one asset to rule them all is the right bait. Mm. So it's not a source of leads. It's not a place to get leads from because someone, you know, I could say to you, the best place to get leads is networking. And someone will say, no, it's not. It's Facebook. Oh, no, no, it's not. It's Google ads. No, it's not. It's search engine optimization. Well, for each individual business, where you get your leads from is almost the last place to start. Um, In marketing terms, we've always talked about market message media. First of all, who is your target market? Identify very, very clearly, very, very succinctly who your ideal avatar is. Then we look at messaging, which is what message really, really resonates with that target market. And then finally, that's when we look at media, which is, well, where do your target market
2: hang out and where can we put our message in front of that market. We've banged on about this so often on the podcast, haven't we, Claire, mm-hmm. about yeah. how important it is to you really understand who your audience is. And the more you know, the better equipped you are to, I guess, provide the right vehicle that lands at their door, whether it be a website, social media, Google ads, like you said, all these different things are just sort of vehicles to get you where you want to go. Absolutely. So the for me, the right
0: bait, as I call it, is... Um, is that messaging. So you identify who your target market are. And really, you need to know what problems do they have? What Because all they care about is what you can do for them. So they, you need to know and you need to be able to very clearly articulate to them, I get you. I totally understand you, your problems and your issues. And I think I can help you. The right bait is think about it in terms of fishing that, you know, you would go armed with the correct bait. Um, I've actually just done a, a little Facebook post today, a little tease about the book um, regarding a fridge magnet. So I once built a massive, massive email list of over a hundred thousand people by giving away a 27 pence fridge magnet. Wow. Now my target market was students students live in shared accommodation and they love having a free fridge magnet to stick on their fridge and i gave away hundreds of thousands of these and ended up actually selling that business for a significant six figure sum but it all came from having the right bait it's the right it's the right incentive so if someone's going to hand over their details now this could be you know a lead could be literally signing up uh, connecting on linkedin it could be signing up on facebook it could be giving me your email address, your phone number, your physical address. It could be filling in a 25-page survey, but ultimately there needs to be a fair exchange of value. One of the guys who works for me, actually, we had a conversation about this yesterday. He saw an advert for, I think it was a free copy of the Times newspaper. And he said, I'm quite interested in that. And this website then said, okay, you can, in exchange for your one free newspaper, I would like your uh, name, email address, phone number, home address, and credit card details. And Lee said, "Um, no, thanks. Because that wasn't a fair exchange of value.
1: Yes, absolutely. If
0: the newspaper had said, you can have 30 days free newspaper and I want your name, email address, home address, phone number, and credit card, that's more of a fair exchange of value. If they said you can, you know, in exchange for one newspaper, I'd like your email address, he'd have probably said, "Yeah, that's that's a fair exchange of value, and that is the right bait." It's a message that resonates with your audience. Again, if you had, um, you know, let's let's stick with newspapers here. If you had a target market of very, very, very right-wing political um, people and you offered them a free 30-day trial to the daily mirror they would probably not be interested <laughs> you think because it, <laughs> i don't think so it's completely the wrong message <laughs> because there's no value in it for them but if you offered that same offer to the correct market, all of a sudden
2: that is the right bait. Yeah, that's important, mm-hmm. isn't it? Not only does it have to be a bait of equivalent value, it needs to be the right kind of bait to the right people. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to sell an... Uh, can I just go back and use the Abba analogy again, Claire? Oh,
1: again? Uh, which really? is
2: a- almost becoming a regular <laughs> thing with every episode. You wouldn't be giving away a Metallica CD to Abba fans, would you? Do you know I'd love to hear Metallica just covering Abba. I really would. <laughs> oh, Metallica doing a version of Dancing Queen. That would be great. wouldn't it so all right. so I know there's something you touch on in the book which I know you're a big fan of and we are too is email lists I've spoken to people about opening up an email list before uh, and maybe posting out uh, an email every week or something and they've gone oh that's just another thing I've got to do I like to embrace my inner Jesse here I don't know if you remember
0: um, the TV show The Fast Show back in the 90s oh I used to love The Fast Show and do you remember that there was there was Jesse, the guy who would emerge from his tool shed?
2: Oh yeah, is that
0: what, I didn't realise that was his name, but yes, I know who you mean. Yeah, he, he would shuffle up to the camera and he would just announce, "This week, I have been mostly eating bourbon biscuits," and then he'd go back in the shed, wouldn't he? That was it. It was that. Was, that was all he did. Um, but ultimately, that's all business owners need to do is to just let people know what you've been up to this week. But if you open up Facebook. What does Facebook ask you to do when posting a status? There's a there's a question
2: that's asked there.
1: I'm just is is it what what's on your mind? Is it? it. What's on your mind?
2: That's it. Yeah, I wouldn't know that because I automate all my uh, all my messages (laughs) on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) I just see what I did there.
1: That's in keeping.
2: Yep.
0: But so Facebook have um, split tested their algorithm to the nth degree, and they have yet to find a better, more engaging question to hook people in and get them talking socially on a social network platform
2: than what's on your mind what's happening
1: yeah that's so
2: true yeah it's this it's so simple but and yet so powerful yeah uh,
0: so many people think that your email marketing needs to be, right, listen up, everybody, I've got a broadcast I'm telling you, I need to you know, educate you now and tell you exactly what's going on in the world of my sector. Um, you'd be really interested to know that subsection 4D of the paint drying act has been updated and beige has now got a new <laughs> hex code. And no, that's not what we mean. This week, oh, you you won't be interested to know, but they've updated the paint-drying act again. It's really dull, but I won't bore you with that. Anyway, I discovered this brilliant new thing. It's Metallica (laughs) singing ABBA. Oh, my God, you're going to love it.
2: (laughs) So I'm I'm guessing the content of your email needs to be vaguely associated with what you're doing for a living, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, I I think so. Um, One of the examples I used in in Routine Machine, actually, my last book, was a, a marine engineering company. For those, again, thinking target market, those who are not working in marine engineering, this is boring as hell. But if you work with boats, this is marine porn. Learning that, oh, my God, I had one of these engines in the workshop this week. (gasps) Did you? Oh my God! There's only seven of them in the world, aren't there? Oh yes, and oh, you'll never guess what I had. It I had a DC forty three seven eight slash eight. <gasps> Did you? Oh my God! Was it the one with the brown? Yes, it was the one with the brown hole. Oh wow! They're just having conversations and saying, "This is what's come through the workshop this week." Um, these are the most common problems we have. It, people tend to come to us with you know, this has gone wrong on their engine. If you use this sort of oil and you don't service regularly, this is the sort of stuff that goes wrong. What better way to demonstrate your expertise than to say, here's an example of something you never see. And just literally sharing it with your, with your friends. It's making friends with your prospects. People buy from people they know, like, and trust. Of course if you've they do. studied mm. any marketing, you've heard that rabbited at you again and again and again so let's get people to know like and trust us step number one of that is getting to know us so what's on your mind what's going on what's happening what's occurring
1: yeah that's so true that's music to my ears what you've just said
2: there, and actually that would be really easy to do wouldn't it mm. i mean there's no effort involved in just sort of talking about something that's happened to you that week in your business i mean that's easy oh absolutely and it,
0: it's doing it in, in just a non-salesy way and this is i think one of the One of the areas that a lot of business owners get wrong when they do Mm. emails is they think you've got to sell all the time. Yeah, You don't have to sell. But The marine engineering guys, they do no selling. They've just got a little PS that says, oh, by the way, if you ever need us, here's our phone number. Now, they only get phone calls when engines blow up. So what tends to happen is people actually read their emails for months or even years and never phone them. But when their engine blows up and they've suddenly got a three hundred and fifty thousand pound repair,
2: who do they speak to? Who do they call? Yeah, 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 because they remember you. Yeah,
1: yes, but it goes back to what we've talked about before about being memorable. And it might not be the right time for them to benefit from your service at that point. But you're going to be the first person. They think about when they do need you. Sorry, that's my dog barking. That's all right. <laughs> I'm okay. glad you that up. So um, when we're looking at doing um, things that are brand new to us in business and trying things out for the first time, um, how could you actually know that what you're doing is working? So w- what? how would you know? And w- would you suggest you know, measuring it at a certain point? Because, of course, we want to make sure that what we're doing is actually reaping the rewards. Um, for our efforts,
0: absolutely. There's there's an analogy I like to use in terms of when you go to the opticians and they'll try out a new prescription. They'll just keep asking you this same question again and again: Is that better or is that worse? And so, anytime I change something within the ecosystem, I just want to know: Am I making it better? Now, I use things like conversion tracking, um, analytics, looking at email open rates, um, bounce rates, obviously conversion rates. So I just want to know if i
2: take a current asset and i replace it with something else does it work better oh, quick question john before we just before we go on uh, mm-hmm. you move on if you've got a list of say i don't know 2000 people on your email list and let's just to say 1500 of them open your emails regularly which is pretty unlikely but let's just say that happens so there are 500 people on your list who never engage with your emails would you Bump them off the list. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. It's one of the admin assets is called The Purge. Mm. Um, it's not just a crap movie. <laughs> and it is a crap movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: um, but it is. Um, I, I had a chat with uh, Tom. What's he called? Tom Watson. He's called the, the uh, CEO of A Weber. Oh, yeah. We've had A Weber on the show before. Yeah. And he said to me, this was a couple of years ago now, you need to be culling your list. Um, because I'd got into the habit of, well, these people might buy from me. You know, I I could be throwing customers away here. And the way Paul uh, Tom explained it to me was, well, they haven't opened the last 25 emails that you've sent them. What makes you think they're going to open the next? Mm -hmm. Every single month, I purge my list. So I go back in and I say, right, who hasn't opened an email from me in six weeks? I'm probably going to delete them from my list. Uh, I will certainly send them... One of my evergreen assets, which is another email which I've crafted, which is designed to get a response. So it's what I call a SPEAR email. Uh, SPEAR stands for short, personal, expecting a reply.
2: Hi, Paul everything all right oh that's a clever tactic yeah. yeah yeah it doesn't mean you're going to stab them in the eye no, the front you know, door.
0: uh hi claire what
2: what's going on haven't heard from you for a while well actually actually kind of kind of it is like that you are kind of stabbing them you're poking them in the yeah. eye and saying Oi. yeah it is it's just it's just saying okay
0: you might have ignored my broadcasts but this is me sending you an email asking if you're okay Uh, I tend to get around a 60, 70% reply rate, not open rate, reply rate to those emails. Um, And if people tell me to go do one, I will unsubscribe them from the list. You will go Go do do
1: one. one. Yeah, I've done that. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that actually on social media platforms, and it's really effective, but I don't know why I've never done it on email before.
2: That's great. We're coming out with some really choice tips here. and I know we've been talking a lot about email, so let's just sort of maybe move on to something else. How about what you need to do, what systems you need to create, uh, what evergreen systems I suppose you need to create to keep people coming back? I don't use social media.
0: I use social networking sites to network with people socially. For me, the evergreen asset with social is the relationship it's not how many likes you can get it's not how much engagement you get on your posts it's how many people actually real real people actually know who you are what you do what sort of thing you're into what's going on in your life what's happening what's occurring and would have a conversation with you if they happen to bump into you in the street. Yeah. Amen to that. It's not a numbers game at all. Exactly. I, Chris, I, I use that line so many times at the book. I, I wrote it by about the third time. I'm like, this is a recurring theme. It's not a numbers game.
2: Mm. It's
0: a relationships game. Yeah. So with social, your relationships with other people, that is the evergreen asset.
1: Okay. So what would, um, in your view then, be the top three evergreen systems that, every business owner should be implementing?
0: I think, well, it's gotta be leads. So I think every business owner needs to make sure they've got enough leads coming in. So it's got to be getting that right bait in place. Once you've got leads, I think you've got to nurture them. Um, Most people try and have sex on the first date. There is not a single person that has got a LinkedIn account that has not suffered connect and pitch. At some point. Oh,
2: oh, absolutely! My My God, God, that's awful. that's what I call it. I I often say it's a bit like sex on the first date, isn't it? I want, I want a, I want a meal. I box chocolates, perhaps, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not. I've even had some people now who don't even bother connecting before
0: they pitch. Just (gasps) in the connection request, like, "Hi, this is what I do. If you're interested, please let me know." Like, "Whoa, go away." (laughs) Cool. So we got leads coming in. We've got, we've nurtured our leads. Uh, I think, again, for me, weekly emails is the key asset that will help you nurture those leads. And then I think you've got to convert sales, you've got to turn leads into sales. And for me, that is. Big nod to Marlon Brando and the Godfather it's an offer they can't refuse
1: well so much so much information there thank you so much um, I've been scribbling my notes um, <laughs> scribbling my notes as I always do so we've come on to the next part of the questions um, and I, I know you're familiar with uh, some of the questions that we've asked before John but we've got a brand new set. Just for you. So these Ooh, questions at the end of go. every episode are unrelated to business and inspired by Inside the um, <laughs> inside the Actors Studio um, and are completely non-related to what we've talked about. And I'm really looking forward to hearing your answers,
2: John. If you could go on a dinner date with anyone, dead or alive, obviously they'd be alive at the point when you're having the date, but anyone from history, if you wanted to, <laughs> um, who would you be going on a date with?
0: Oh, God, well, that's an easy one. It's, it's got to be Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is absolutely my hero. Um, he does auction off a lunch, but I think the last one went for about $3 million. So, my word. I hope you picked up the tab as well this. for that, man. Well, I, 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 I would imagine so. Knowing, knowing Warren Buffett, he's a big fan of McDonald's. So, I think if there's, <laughs> there's a documentary where he starts off and he's at a drive through McDonald's. Uh, but mind, this is a guy who's worth north of one hundred billion dollars. Starts up a yeah. McDonald's drive me. He said, "Well." If the market was down yesterday, I'll have the $1.87. <laughs> if the market's flat, I'll have the $2.50 breakfast. And if the market's up, I'll splurge
2: $3.17. <laughs> wouldn't you be disappointed, though, if you <laughs> paid like three million to go and have breakfast with him and he invites you to McDonald's? You'd feel a to bit McDonald's, short-changed, yeah. wouldn't you, to be fair? Sausage and egg m- muffin, please, yeah.
1: <laughs> if you could do any other profession other than what you do now, uh, what would it be?
0: That's a good question. When I was a kid, I always wanted to do the radio thing. I always wanted to be on on the radio, chatting away, playing my favourite tunes and just having a laugh in between the records. So I think I'd probably want to do that. But Paul, you're going to shatter my illusion now by telling me it's not all it's cracked up to be. (laughs) Yeah, John,
2: it's shit. Don't bother. No, (laughs) no, it really is. No, no, joking aside, it is is a great job. I was honoured to have done it for so many years. There's a lot of things that happen when you're not on air, which perhaps aren't quite so fun, but a lot of benefits to it. And it was a lifelong ambition since I was a kid. And I'm glad I've ticked that box. Yeah, definitely.
0: I think it's one of those things, you know, growing up recording the top 40 and then Editing the DJ's voice out and just pausing it and doing my own bit in
2: between was just yeah that that was the aim for me yeah uh, we all we all did that from time to time yeah so she's great yeah that's a really good answer actually uh, so we've covered a lot we've we've kind of gone off on different tangents we've yeah we've talked about Slade and we haven't talked about sex shops and porn quite as much as um, as we did in the last episode but <laughs> if you haven't heard the last episode with John perhaps you need to go out back and listen to that to find out what we were actually talking about. John, uh, let's finish off by talking about your book, um, what it's about, which we've covered what it's about, really, but how can people get it?
0: Evergreen Assets is out as of November 25th on Kindle and paperback, so it's available on Amazon, I would imagine, right now, if you're listening to this. Um, audiobook is coming soon. I'm in the studio next month uh, doing my own naughty hoda uh, impression. Only in a freezing cold Leicestershire, Leicestershire studio. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business.
1: So much of what uh, John talked about goes right back to what we've talked about so many times about building relationships up with people first before trying to sell Your services and your business. And of course, it goes back to that no like and trust. And when you can build up that relationship with somebody from the offset, they're then going to be more likely to want to get to know you better and be more open to the services that you offer. Um, And in particular, when John talked about on Facebook, uh, when it asks a question, um, what's on your mind today? Because that is what people want to see. People want to get to know you.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, long gone are the days where you can. Knock up, uh, knock on someone's door and, do you want to buy this or do you want to buy that? That doesn't happen anymore. Mm. It's about building relationships. And if you're offering a service in particular, if you want people to keep coming back and using your service, then you've got to build that relationship so people know exactly where they want to be the next time they need that done, whatever it might be. Even if you're just buying stuff, everyone's got their favourite shop, haven't they?
1: Yeah, they have. And again, it comes down to choices. And people are sometimes going to resonate more with some people than others. And I think that's a very healthy you know healthy part of business some personalities are going to gravitate towards different personalities but it is ultimately about getting to know that person first because whilst you're doing that not only are you going to be narrowing that gap between what your relationship would be without doing that and then actually promoting and helping and identifying what it is their need that's where the magic happens
2: yeah so John's book Uh, It's called Evergreen Assets that do the work once, reap the rewards again and again and again, content marketing ecosystem. Um, That must take up the whole cover, just getting that beat in, I think. Uh, by john lamerton and uh, you can grab it Well, we'll put a link on our website biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk well worth reading and, and not only is it an informative read it's an entertaining read as well okay
1: so next we're going to be hearing from dean fox who's going to be sharing with us one of his special stories that can help us as business owners understand exactly how our mind works when we come to delivering different services within our business and understanding our clients
3: Before hardly anybody had heard of an obscure rock band called Van Halen, they opened for a successful musician called Ted Nugent. During the sound check, when Eddie Van Halen played the guitar, Ted couldn't believe his ears. He was staring in amazement at this unknown kid and what he could do. The sounds coming out of his guitar were amazing. Now, Nugent had been around the block a few times and he wasn't used to being blown away like this. Many advanced guitarists are obsessed with creating just the right tone. And Ted just had to know how this young kid was pulling it off. He was convinced there was something that Eddie was using, some secret to the gear and equipment. After a bit of arm twisting, Ted finally talked Eddie's guitar tech into letting him give Eddie's rig a test drive. When Ted started playing through Eddie's gear, a funny thing happened. Ted Nugent still sounded exactly like Ted Nugent. He fiddled with some of the amp settings. He tried everything he could to try and replicate Eddie Van Halen's sound. Nothing changed. Ted learned something that day that every great musician knows. That, yeah, the right gear and technique can make a difference. But ultimately, your tone that comes from your hands and your style and what's in your heart. Eddie Van Halen can play any guitar through any amp and still sound like Eddie Van Halen. Now what's that got to do with business? Well, the same thing applies. Some gear can make a difference, but ultimately it's what's in your heart, your passion for your purpose, that's
2: what creates your sound. more wise words from Dean Fox if you want to go and connect with Dean by the way just search for Dean Fox on social media uh, or go to Dean is it Dean A Fox.com? that's his website isn't it
1: it's yes it's Dean A
2: Fox yeah the A is obviously very important so go and find him go and say hi and go and tell him that we send you
1: um, so for our next episode we are going to be talking about how to get featured
2: on the radio. Tony Fisher works on BBC Radio and if you want to get yourself featured on the radio and your business featured on the radio, uh, then you've probably got a better chance of doing it on BBC Radio than you have on the commercial stations now. But it's something that Tony's been doing for absolute years and he's probably the best person to ask how you might get yourself on his radio station or any other for that matter.
1: So that brings us to the end of today's episode. You can listen to our back catalogue of episodes which we now have over 75 of. Um, You can also find us on social media, biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. We're also on Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook.
2: And also worth mentioning, as we were talking about it earlier on, you can join our email list you get a little bit of extra content uh, by uh, going to our website and clicking on the relevant link and dropping your email in. We won't send you a fridge magnet, but, you know, we might send you something nice. I like magnets. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should get some fridge magnets. We should should perhaps do that. Uh, Anyway, go to biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and give us your email address and we'll send you lots of lovely stuff. And that's it. All done. See you next week. (laughs) Bye-bye. The bye
0: been listening to the big little business show with paul mumford and claire horsley you can subscribe to get the latest episodes via itunes spotify TuneIn, and everywhere you find your favorite podcasts come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on
1: facebook too just search for big little business show